You're listening to the Kicking Out Podcast, a weekly pro wrestling podcast focused around All Elite Wrestling, hosted by Tanner Lee and Paul Zartman, two passionate All Elite Wrestling fans. If you like what you hear, please click subscribe and give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Kicking Out Pod. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube and Twitch channels. Enjoy the show. It's Thursday night. You know what that means. Another episode of the Kicking Out Podcast. I'm Tanner Lee along with my ho- co-host, Paul Zartman. Paul, we got an action-packed show tonight for everybody watching live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, listening on wherever they might be listening. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button. And if it's on Apple Podcasts, please give us a rating and review. Action-packed show tonight, though, Paul. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing good. I'm ready for the weekend. Uh, definitely going to be a, a fun weekend. Got uh, got a good pay-per-view this weekend, and it's going to be beautiful out weather-wise. Absolutely. It looks like I am frozen on here. So, Yes, that, that appears to be the case. I was just trying to check the live feeds to see if it was just on here or if uh, it is everywhere. And, yeah, it looks like it is everywhere. Everywhere. Well, I am going to hop out of the studio and hop back in real quick. So I okay. will be right back. <laughs> All right. And uh, I will uh, carry on here and we will talk about, um, I mean, revolution. It's going to be an action packed, nonstop pay per view from start to finish. The buy in uh, is at 7 30. There's one match set for the buy in. And then we've got nonstop action through the main show. Um, I I still think we're going to be at least three hours on this main card of Revolution, Tanner. Hey, I'm back. I'm back. So, <laughs> sorry for the technical difficulties. We're live. This stuff happens, but the show must go on. Thanks for filling in for a little bit there, Paul. But, yeah, hey, no I think Revolution's going to at least be a three-hour show, probably closer to three and a half hours. I bet it gets over about 11.30 p.m. Eastern time would be my guess. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be a long, long day come Monday. Yes, it will, but it'll be worth it. Yes, it will. It'll be worth it. So, And if you're watching live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, please interact with us. We'd love to have your comments. We can pull them up on screen and have a little chat as we go along here. Uh, yes, it'll be fun. A bunch to discuss, though, as we've been saying. Uh, last week, uh, last Friday, I believe it was, the uh, 2020 Wrestling Observer Newsletter Award winners were announced, and AEW cleaned house, Paul. Yeah, they they took pretty much everything. <laughs> well, I don't think it's a hidden fact that Uncle Dave Meltzer likes, uh, likes AEW. Yeah, hey, you know, you got to thank Uncle Dave for that. Yep. But the wrestler of the year for 2020 comes to no surprise. That's John Moxley repping the shirt tonight. <laughs> I mean, that guy, I, I wish his title reign was a little different in terms of having crowds, but he carried the company on his back throughout the whole year. He That he did. Um, he was there every single week, no matter what, apart from when well i can't say every single week because he got a, a few weeks where he wasn't able to be there for health reasons but it was definitely john moxley's year yeah uh i don't think they could have picked anybody better to be the champion through the pandemic and um yeah he did he did a great job so no arguing no argument out of me there tag team of the year the young bucks what's your take on that one um I honestly was expecting either the second or third place winner to take this one. I would have been happy with Kenny and Paige or FTR as tag team of the year. Uh, no surprise that it was the Bucks, though, especially coming from Uncle Dave. Yes, we do have a uh, comment here on Facebook from Zach Hinton. It says, Elf in the room. Who is Paul White talking about, and who is the sixth man in the ladder match? We are going to get to that 
later on the show. Hopefully you can stay tuned for the rest. If not, and if you got to go, you can always listen to the audio or, or catch the video later. But we are going to hit on that, don't you worry. So that's going to be a big discussion here soon for us. Yes, it's it's coming. Uh, I agree with you, though. I think the Bucks. Um, I was surprised. They were the tech team of the year winners. I thought FTR was going to get it, but um, I'm a Bucks fan, so I'm not, not too mad about that. Yeah, agreed. Most outstanding wrestler of the year, Kenny Omega. Was not surprised by this at all. Um, he has yet to miss an episode of Dynamite. That's, he's the only one, right, of the yeah. EVPs. Yep. yep. I mean, he's not always on camera, but right, he's at least but backstage. Yeah, he's always at a taping, whether it be doing something with somebody backstage or on TV. The most improved wrestler of the year was Britt Baker. I have no complaints there. I mean, look how far she came from the, her first match on All Elite Wrestling when she was greener than green, and they were trying to push her as the baby face of the women's division. <laughs> and then they had her well for him. had her change her character a little bit into a heel, and she you know broke her nose and took off from there. Yep, her uh, broken nose definitely set her over. She made lemonade, uh, or yeah, made lemonade out of lemons, or whatever that phrase is. I might have screwed that up. <laughs> lemonade out of lemons. Yeah, thank you. The best non-wrestler of the year was Taz. Fitting, I thought. He, I think he does a good yeah. job on commentary on Dark, uh, along with Excalibur, and then what he's done on on Dynamite with Team Taz has been uh, remarkable. Yeah, uh, no argument for me there. Definitely well-deserved. High Flyer of the Year, Ray Phoenix, one of the most entertaining wrestlers there is on the pro wrestling scene today. It's a miracle the man hasn't broken his tailbone. <laughs> one of these days. One yeah. of these days. It is, a, it is a shame we're not getting him in the ladder match at Revolution. Yes. The most uh, charismatic wrestler of the year, Mr. Maxwell Jacob Freeman, MJF. Again, no argument for me. No. I mean, the guy's only 24 years old and just yeah. oozes charisma. Yeah, he's got a bright future ahead of him. He's going to go down as one of the best heels in the industry. Absolutely. I just can never see him being a baby face, but barely anybody we've ever seen goes through their whole career without turning one way or the other. So Yeah, I think he'll follow more of a Jericho kind of thing if he does turn baby yeah. face. Move of the year, Kenny Omega's one-winged angel. Nobody kicks out. Nobody's ever kicked out except Okada. So Right. Yep. I forgot about Okada. Somebody will eventually one of these days, and if we have full crowds at that time, the roof's going to blow off the place. Yes. Feud of the year. I got to say I was a little surprised by this one. John Moxley against yeah. Eddie Kingston. Yeah, it wasn't. I figured there were a few other feuds that I would have gone with over that one, but, you know. What, what were you thinking? What should have been over that? Um, well, a feud that didn't get enough time, in my opinion, was uh, MJF and Cody. I think they could have gone further with that, um, made it a little bit longer. Uh, you know, Cody was in a couple different feuds over the last 365 days. And they both, they all just seem to get cut short quick. I think I could almost make the argument for the Cody Brody Lee feud to be feud of the year. Yeah, I could agree with that. Definitely pushed Brody over. Um, definitely helped Cody get over even more than he was. Yep. And of course, Cody tried to come back as uh, a shout out to the death of Superman, and that didn't work out too well for him. It didn't click with me until like. Two months later, what he was trying to do there. So. No, no, you told me about it, and I was like, wait, I need to go back and look at this again because yep. I don't remember that. Match of the year, absolutely no argument from me here. Kenny Omega and Heyman Page versus the Young Bucks for the AEW Tag Team titles at last year's Revolution. Yeah, I, I completely agree with it 100%. It was a great match, and I look forward to seeing those four in the ring together again in another match. Yep. One of these days. One of these days. Best weekly show of the year, AEW Dynamite. Yep. Numbers climb every week, and I think uh, I think we'll hit that million mark sooner rather than later. Getting closer. Getting closer. Maybe next week's the week. 
Maybe. And now with uh, NXT supposedly moving to Tuesday nights in mid-April, I think a million or over a million is going to become constant for uh, all elite wrestling. Yeah, so many people watch back and forth and don't watch enough of it to fully get counted. So we'll see. Yep. It's the best two hours on television. The best two hours of the week on television, in my opinion. So For now. For now. The promoter and booker of the year both, Mr. Tony Khan. Definitely deserves it. Um, he doesn't get enough credit for all the stuff that he does with Dynamite each and every week. Um, I like how they've kept him off of camera apart from his paid advertisements with Impact. But yet you still know Mr. Khan's name. You know when they say, well, Tony Khan or even TK did this and you just, oh, okay. Yep, absolutely. Best promotion of the year, All Elite Wrestling. No argument, I don't think, from either one of us there. I mean, look nope. at this podcast. Yeah. Best major show of the year, AEW Revolution. I agree. I thought that was a fantastic card. I, th- I mean, that's what's great about AEW's. All their pay-per-view cards are stacked. Um, and the company's too young yet to kind of declare what their WrestleMania is. I could make an argument for almost every pay-per-view as to why it's the biggest one. Um, yeah. I think they're trying to lean more towards All Out since All In is what really started the move towards AEW. Um, but there again, we're not even two years old yet, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, that's that's a good point. You could also make the point for Double or Nothing, though, because it was the first yeah. major pay-per-view they had. Uh, full Gear, I mean, the card top to bottom both years and Full Gear is arguably the strongest one. Yeah. And then uh, Revolution last year was the show of the year, and it looks like it could be the show of the year for 2021 come Sunday. So, yeah. Uh, gimmick of the year, Orange Cassidy. Can't argue. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, the man, the, uh, the, yeah. <laughs> and and he, he's uh, evolutionized his character a little bit. Came yeah. out of a shell a little bit this past year. So. A little bit. Uh, I got to say, um, probably one of my favorite promos, I wouldn't say the best, but one of my favorite was during the feud between him and Jericho when they had their debate and he just grabbed the microphone and took off. Yes, absolutely. Best Island again. Best announcer of the year, Excalibur. Glad to see him getting some recognition. I think he's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm sure sooner rather than later, we're going to see him move over to more of a um, main play by play type of commentary. Um, but he's definitely grown. And best on interviews, the king of the mic in all wrestling, Eddie Kingston. Yeah, I can't argue with that at all. Great to see Eddie get a award like that. Yes. Long yeah. overdue. So, well, that's going to do it unless you had anything else to say about the uh, Wrestler Observer Newsletter Award winners. Uh, look forward to next year's. <laughs> yep. It's, see uh, how many we can take this coming year. Long list that goes back to the 80s. So, pretty impressive list on some of those awards. Well, now let's recap this week's Being the Elite, episode 245, titled Back When You Were a Jobber. Mm. Yeah, I had, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> it opens up with uh, Mac J- Matt Jackson of the Young Bucks. He's, he's playing on his uh, synthesizers, what they call it, kind of his keyboard-like instrument there. As his daughter comes in to ask if he heard who A.W. assigned, he mentions Steen, but then asks, who? And she says, it's the big show, Paul White. Matt Matt then starts having flashbacks to when he was choke slammed as an extra, pretty much as a jobber years ago on SmackDown through a table by the Big Show. His son says, "You should remember, but you remember back when you were a jobber." Matt then has a look of panic on his face and ends up leaving the house. Yeah, uh, the the added um, car door slamming, engine starting, and tire <laughs> squealing was great. Yes, it was. This is the kids just sit there and look confused, like what is going on right now? Yeah. But yeah, um, I think a lot of people forget that Matt Jackson got choke slammed by Paul White. Well, I had forgotten until I brought that up, and then I had flashbacks from reading their book, Killing the Business. He mentions that in there. Yep, yep. taking taking that spot. So yeah, uh, we then see Kenny Omega opening up a pack of WCW trading cards from 1991. That's before I was born, Paul. Yeah, I know. I I have to remember that. I I was four <laughs> for that edition. 
Uh, but but he comes across a lot of AEW talent in in that pack. Uh, he comes across Sting and Arn Anderson, um, and then he chuckles at getting an Ella, uh, or who ended up being Giant Gonzalez. Ella, right. Yeah, I, I didn't type that down. El Gigante, I think. Yeah, so Gigante. Was. There you go. Yep. And then uh, after that. After he gets done opening up those cards, and he got a few Ric Flair's in there as well. After he opened up those cards, he shows off his first ever custom uh, Jordans, and that features an Omega Omega symbol, and it says the cleaner in the box. Really sharp looking shoes. Yeah, I gotta say those were some nice shoes. I'm not much of a sneakerhead, but uh, I'd buy them. Yeah, yeah, they, they would cost a pretty penny, but they're pretty cool. Yeah. Then backstage, we see Matt Hardy uh, talking with Isaiah Cassidy and TH2 about their great performances on last week's show. Hardy says he can't stand the Dark Order, though. And next week, when Mark Quinn shows up, they're taking on Dark Order in a 10-man tag team. Spoiler alert for later on the show, that doesn't happen. Yeah. I, I, did we ever find out why? Nope. Okay. No, besides Matt Hardy saying, why wait? Um, this is what... The fans want. I, I don't know. I, th- I, very confused why why they switched that. But I think yeah. they were just trying to make the card as stacked as they could for last night. Well, that it was. And backstage, we see uh, Johnny Hungy, John Silver, and Alex Reynolds talking about still trying to find Sting. Silver says maybe they could do a call and tries to figure out what Sting yells. Some hilarious ones that. <laughs> yes. Yo. <laughs> Hey! <laughs> uh, then they try to figure out, but then Reynolds finally says it's woo, and then then they go back and forth till someone tells them to shut up. They go into the room thinking it's Steam, but it's actually Eddie Kingston. He tells the duos to sit down and ask what they're doing. He thought they were trying to get Hangman Page, but now it's Sting. He's really confused. He gets a little fired up and says they only need to focus on one thing at a time. He says he wants them to succeed. The conversation then gets goes sideways and turns into which guy they'd rather kiss. Kingston gets frustrated and leaves the room. Um, leave it to Silver to definitely uh, take things sideways. But I got to say, I liked the back and forth between Reynolds and Silver because it took me back to when Sting and Flair did it back and forth. Yes. Yes. So. Yep. Uh, then we get a new episode of Dark Order Kai. The Dark Order is trying to figure out what happened last week and why they lost in the, in the fight. Alex Abrahantes then says to the camera, next week they're, they're going to beat Dash and company like they've never been bears before. And then everybody attacked five. Of course. <laughs> Tough week for five. Yeah. Two vlogs and he got beat up on both of them. <laughs> got in, a, in, in rap battle. Embarrassed. Yeah. Uh, then we see Vicky Guerrero and Nyla Rose continue their dance auditions, but Ryzen says he's yeah. not dancing. He has the body of a god and a body that is built for singing. Nyla and Vicky say to each other, he's perfect. Then we cut to the two walking in slow motion with Ryzen walking behind them smiling. Still don't know what this is all about, um, but with what Nyla and Vicky are wearing, he definitely fits in. Yep. Um, we'll have to see where it goes. I don't know. Yeah. Then we see Dark Order helping Five into the hot tub or the cold tub. Cold tub. Um, yeah. After he was thrown off the stage by Matt Hardy through the time the timekeeper's table, the group's trying to figure out where each of them were during the attack. Then Adam Hangman Page shows up and asks the group where they were when Five got beat up. The group ends up making fun of Five's manhood more than being sympathetic about him getting beat up. And um, I got to say. I- Shout out to AEW once again and is injured and they still feature her on BTE. Um, she definitely tell she was favoring that right arm a little bit. She didn't move it much. Um, but yeah, it was a good segment. Uh, I like how Hangman kept uh, hinting at, you know, oh, there, there might be, you know, the, this giant tag match, but I can't say if there is or isn't, but there might be. Yep. They, they do a good job at keeping their injured stars around so you don't forget yeah, about them. Yeah, that's great to see because a lot of times, you know, you get injured and you get moved to the alumni page. (laughs) Shots fired. (laughs) Then we see clips shown from last week's Dynamite of Papa Buck getting put into the ambulance after Chris Jericho and MGF's attack. At the hospital, the good brothers talk about what happened while Brandon Cutler sleeps between them. Anderson then asks why Doc was in the room uh, 
so long with Papa Buck. Uh, Doc says he slipped some uh, some male enhancement to make sure he's feeling good. And when he woke up, they decided to give Cutler one as well. Cutler sleeping on the job again. I I could it, do without it, the uh, good brothers yeah. humor every week. It wasn't needed this week, honestly. That was the downfall of BTE for this week for me. Um, I mean, it, it it's okay every once in a while. You know, they don't even do it every week on television, so why do we have to see it every week on BTE? And during the Papa Buck segment, no. Yep, I agree. Uh, AW Dynamite last night labeled the Crossroads. What a show. Action packed from start to finish. And what a match to start the show off. This is what I thought was going to be the main event. I'm sure a lot of people thought it was going to be the yeah. main event until the day of or the day before it was announced that it was going to be kicking off the show. That's Cody Rose and Red Velvet against Shaq and Jade Cargill. Yeah, it was um, a lot better match than I anticipated. I, I figured it would be, you know, Shaq in for 30 seconds and then back out and maybe hit one or two moves. I even commented on uh, our Facebook page, you know, Shaq actually has some moves. Yeah, he moved around pretty well, looked to be in good shape. Man, he is a gigantic human being in the ring. Yes. Holy yeah. smokes. Cody's six three six four and looked like John Silver standing next to Brody Lee. And Shaq took this serious. Uh, he fell off the crowd a little bit, but I thought he looked good. Had some vicious chops in there on Cody. Yeah. I love the spot with uh, Austin Gunn of the Nightmare Family trying to hit him with a chair, and he throws Austin over the barricade. Then Colton Gunn tries to get involved, and Shaq manhandles him. Then he goes after QT Marshall. He was just kind of cleaning house out there. Yeah. Um, but during all that, we see Red Velvet with maybe the spot of the match hitting a moonsault off the top of the uh, off the top of the turnbuckle to the floor, hitting Cargill on Cody. Um, we saw Cody going for a power slam at one point. He kind of got it, and then he went for the pin. I'm guessing if a shoulder wasn't as hurt, maybe he could have got some more leverage. But Shaq is a large human, so yeah. And I don't think Cody realized exactly how much Shaq weighed and thought he could pull it off a little better than he did. Shaq powered out of that pin big time. Cody then immediately went for the tag to get Red Velvet in, and uh, they were throwing some shots in the middle of the ring. Um, Cargill lift and planted a Red Velvet uh, towards the end of the match, but Cody inter- interrupted the count, and then Shaq's up on the ring, on the ring ropes, and, you know, saying... What is he doing? Earlier we saw both ladies set up two tables, so you knew a table spot was coming soon. Cody hit Shaq with a thumb to the eye and then hit a running crossbody over the ropes that sent both of the men through the tables. What a table spot. That took some nuts for Shaq to take that spot, falling at that height, being that tall, falling at that height, at that angle. Yeah, and especially, you know, uh, we have celebrities who have done things in the past, but we've never actually had one take a table shot that I yep. can recall. Through two tables, a nasty look spot, but it, I mean, it was perfect. Nobody got hurt. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He did a great job. Um, then Jade was in shock, and why she was in shock, Greg Velvet hit a spear, but it was only for a two count. There was a couple pile driver reversals. Then Jade blocks a punch. She lifted the Red Velvet up face first into the mat. One, two, three. Yeah. Winners like we thought they would be Jade Cargill and Sheck. Yep, and it like I said, it had to be Jade over Red Velvet. I mean, that's the only way. They've spent too much time building Jade up to have had her lose to Red Velvet, and Cody was never going to pin Shaq. <laughs> then the interesting part, post-match, they went to check on Shaq, who got stretchered out. Shaq did a great job selling like he was dead. He wasn't moving. They yeah. stretched him out. He's loaded in the ambulance. Tony Schiavone opens the door, but nobody's in there. Tony says he saw Shaq get loaded in there, but he's nowhere to be found. I thought they were going to play off up off this angle later in the night. Never did, so wonder if we see yeah. something in the future again with Shaq. Maybe, maybe, maybe he uh, shows up at Revolution. But, but I will say this, this match exceeded my expectations, and the good thing, it got AEW a lot of publicity as it was played all over the sports programs today. Yep. So they got exactly what they wanted out of it. I think they were hoping to get something like this with Mike Tyson, and it didn't really happen. Yeah, because 
that kind of fell apart pretty quickly too. And then he was supposed to have a fight, which he did have a fight, and that kind of ruined everything for their plans and all out. So yep. yada, yada, yada. Maybe they rev- revisit it someday, but I don't know. Then we got a squash match. I mean, I don't know how else to say it. Ray Phoenix and, yeah. and Pac versus John Skyler and D3. Two guys I got to say I'm not familiar with. Maybe they're dark talents, but I have not been keeping up on my AW dark watching as of late. Um, really, uh, two big spots in this match. We saw Pac go to the top rope and nail a 450 splash. Phoenix tags in, lifts Skyler, uh, hits a knee to the face, and finishes with a package cutter for the cover, and that's basically it. Yep, uh, like I texted you last night, I said Pac spent more time waiting to be able to check his bags in at the airport than he did in the ring. Absolutely. Good way to put it. That was uh, uh, just a way to kind of get Pac back on TV again, and, and these two are going to be in the um, Tag Team Battle Royal yep. on Sunday. So. Yeah, kind of gave us a chance to remember Death Triangle because every time we start to see Death Triangle. Something seems to happen where one or two out of the three are gone. Yep. Then we got the advertised press conference from MJF and Chris Jericho, the inner circle. They head to the ring with the rest of the inner circle. Except Jay, Jake Hager is not present. Um, Dasha Gonzalez is, mo- is the, playing the moderator. We see a lot of familiar faces. We see Barstool Sports have a presence with Robbie Fox and Brandon Walker. Um, we see... Uh, the Podfather, Conrad Thompson. We see Easy E, Eric Bischoff. Just a cast of characters there. Yeah. To ask I like questions. how you went with Easy E on that and not um, <laughs> some of the other things that have, he's been called over the years. I like it. You know, Bischoff does some stuff to irritate me, but I also have respect for the man at the same time. So, yeah. Uh, but they get asked a lot of different questions. Uh, Chris Jericho notes that. It's about time he's champion again. He says he's a seven-time tag champion. He notes he's been champion with Dwayne Johnson. That's what he calls him. He doesn't say The Rock. Yeah. In, in AEW's Paul White. Um, but he says neither are better than the MJF. Jericho looks forward to beating the Young Bucks on, on Sunday. The Podfather, Conrad Thompson, as I said, asked a question about bringing Sammy Guevara back into the inner <laughs> circle. MJF goes nuts and calls him turkey tits, which just made me crack up. He he then begs uh, Jericho to answer the question. Jericho said he would never want to hear Sammy's name again and tells Conrad to beat it back to Nebraska, which Conrad lives in Alabama. So Right. Um, uh, then they're they're asked about beating up Papa Buck. AJ or AJ, MJF says it was an act of self defense. He says they did what they had to do, but it will be nothing compared to what they will do to the Young Bucks this weekend. Santana then takes the mic and said Matt and Nick should never have brought their dad around here. And that's when Bischoff shows up to ask a question. Does he know the condition of Papa Buck? And Bischoff says, among stupid ideas, where does motivating the Young Bucks for revenge rank on his list? Jericho doesn't like the question, tells him to shut up. He goes on to continue, and the Young Bucks music hits. They come to the stage and are not happy. Uh, they both cut a really good promo, talking about their childhood days. Uh, Nick says they understood that they could get hurt, maybe their friends too, during this few but not their father matt says that their dad is the best father in the world he taught them everything they needed everything jericho and mgf's fathers failed to do matt and nick get into the ring and talk about how their dad built a ring for them to learn and do the work themselves matt says that do yourself attitude is something that built all the wrestling if there's no aw where would mgf and jericho be mgf might be in his partner in his parents home waiting for another call from rosie o'donnell Little shout-out to when uh, MGF was little and appeared on that show. Matt then uh, says Jericho would likely be jerking the curtains at the Performance Center. Yeah, yeah. Um, great promo from the Bucks, I got to say. I really enjoyed it. It was nice to see um, something like that. Got a, got a comment here on Facebook again from Zach Hinton. Name drop the rock, rock to AEW with three laughing, crying emojis. <laughs> I wish. I'd be all for it. But uh, Yeah. I don't see him ever wrestling outside of the WWE, and, and the rock's a little busy right now. <laughs> yeah, he's got too many things going on at once. But if he's a surprise Sunday, the internet would break. Yes. And Zach, if the internet breaks, I blame you. <laughs> 
Uh, the Bucks end up throwing super kicks to their opponents, and a brawl breaks out. Referees show up to calm things down. The Good Brothers come out with a table and set it up on stage. Nick climbs up above the entrance and hits a uh, moonsault, crashing down on Ortiz while Matt jumps off the stage with a flying elbow on Santana. That spot made me nervous because it took me back to when they did it in the False Count Everywhere match against Butcher and the Blade, and they both kind of got hurt. Yeah, um, didn't work out well for him last time, and they both looked a little nervous pulling it off last night, but haven't seen anything where either one of them are hurt, so that's no. a good thing. And JR said that Nick hit his head on the stage. I watched it from another angle. He didn't hit his head at all. So Okay. I was nervous about that at first when they when yeah, he said that. Yeah, because he grabbed his head at one point, too, mm. so must yep. have just been uh, a little whiplash maybe. Yeah. Then we get a recap video shown of the feud between Kenny Omega and John Moxley as they head towards their exploding barbed wire death match at Revolution. Uh, Tushi Onida, I believe is how you pronounce his name. <laughs> uh, he's the original inventor of the barbed wire death match. Um, he's faced Terry Funk in it. He talks about what the match does to wrestlers and feels like it's an appropriate stipulation for these two rivals. Honestly, surprised we didn't get either of these two guys on Dynamite last night. I know. I was a little uh, shocked at that. I expected one of them to show up to say something rather than just a video package, but all we got was the video package. I mean, they did a heck of a show last night after Dynamite, uh, kind of the preview show going into Revolution. They really talked about the feud and length, but still just very odd on a going home show. You don't get your either of your uh, participants in the main event. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm sure something will be mentioned at Revolution as to why they weren't there. Old school wrestling fans had to love this match as we saw FTR and Tully Blanchard in the ring. Tully making his first network television appearance in a wrestling match. I think it's like 1989 or something like that. But J.J. Dillon of the Four Horsemen comes out with yep. them facing the Jurassic Express, a feud that's been going on for the last few months. Uh, pretty good match, a lot of back and forth towards the end of the match. Uh, Jungle Boy, we saw him get back in the match. He went up to the top, but Wheeler grabbed his leg. Hardwood hit a suplex, and then Wheeler nailed a big splash off the top rope, but it was only for a two count. That's one thing I've noticed about Jungle Boy. They're making him really tough to defeat. Yes, yeah. Uh, it's been nice to see, though, honestly. Um, I don't know if we see Jurassic Express with titles soon. Or if we just see Jungle Boy with the title soon? That's a good question. That might be a pull question. <laughs> then we see um, Wheeler hit a deadlift suplex with a bridge for a two count. Snapdragon suplex with a bridge. Still nothing because Marco Stunt hit a splash on Wheeler to break it up. Tully hits a slingshot suplex on Marco. Awesome spot there. Uh, Luchasaurus then nails Tully with a roundhouse kick. Uh, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus look to finish off Wheeler, but can't quite do it. Jungle Boy tries for a suicide dive, but some masked man appears looking like a cameraman. (laughs) And he has an AEW shirt on. He jumps in the way and took the blow. He then jumped and whacked Luchasaurus with something when he was near the rope. Double spike pile driver by FTR and Tully for the one, two, three. Yeah, uh, I like the fact that Tully got the pin. I did not see that coming. I knew FTR was going to win this. I knew Jurassic Express was not going to win it. But I was surprised to see Tully take or have the pin. I was surprised to see Luchasaurus take it, though. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I thought it would be Marco. He, yeah, I figured the only time Tully would be in the ring, it was against Marco, which is how it started out. And uh, Tully kind of said, nah, and got in with pretty much everybody. Then post-match, we see the masked man, and I, right when I saw a masked individual, I thought it was one of two people, and I was right about one of them. That is Sean Spears, now with blonde hair, making his, uh, we haven't seen him since the Brody Lee tribute show. Yep, that was the last time. So he hugs the group, and you got to remember, Tully Blanchard's also his manager too. So then you got J.J. Dillon, Tully, FTR, and Sean Spears all in the ring. Then we see Arn Anderson. Come into the mm-hmm. tunnel, kind of look at the guys do this, and put up the four. But we never got a ring shot again to see if they responded or not. That was kind of the frustrating part for me. I wanted to see if they returned the four. Interesting thing, though, I got to thinking about. 
a few weeks ago, Arn Anderson said he's going to be a part of something that's life-changing. Yeah. And his son has been at tapings here recently. Could his son join the stable as the fourth man? He very well could. Or, because I think we're going to get some type of reincarnation of the four horsemen. They've been talking about it for a long time. Or do we see Cody eventually turn heel and join the group? You know, Cody's been making a lot of talks here lately about a heel turn. Uh, he never fully says, you know, I'm going to turn heel. But he goes, oh, well, you know, me challenging for the AEW title would be the biggest heel turn and the easiest heel turn in history. and Or not in history, but, you know, it would be the easiest to do. And so he's talking heel again. And the last time Cody did this, well, he got injured. But <laughs> so I'm interested to see. I mean. I wouldn't mind it. It was rumored at one point. He is a little banged up. His wife's going to have a baby soon. Maybe yep. he takes some time off and comes back. And uh, yeah. I don't we'll know. See. And interesting thing, Conrad Thompson, who's pretty close with All Elite Wrestling and oh, yeah. is the son-in-law of Ric Flair, he owns the trademark for the name The Four Horsemen. Really? Found that out today. Ooh, see, I didn't know that. I thought Vince owned that. Nope. Ah. So, mm, we yeah. could definitely see it. Conrad, he lives in the Conradison, as they call it. The guy's got a lot of money because yes. not only is he successful in his wrestling podcast, but he's a very successful mortgage lender. So, Yep, and uh, he's Conrad the Mortgage Guy on Twitter. Yep, yep so. that's what, that's his, that, and he makes it well known. That's what he does first. Yep, so, he's a mortgage guy first, so, wrestling second. When, when I heard that today on a podcast, I thought, interesting. I didn't know he owned that. So I didn't either. So, yeah, this is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm anxious to see where it goes. I love how the nostalgia yes. that AEW can bring back. So uh, let's see what our next segment was. Oh, yes. Then we see Tony Schiavone come onto the stage. Mm-hmm. And uh, he is joined by, well, he starts to talk about AEW Dark Elevation, the new show that's going to start on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on YouTube beginning March 15th with his broadcast partner, Paul White. Tony welcomes Paul to AEW. Paul's wearing a No More BS shirt. Love the shirt. Very creative. Plays on two things. His name, The Big Show, and... And you know the rest. The BS uh, he had to deal with. Uh, no more BS champ breaks out from the crowd. White says, um, who saw this turn coming? Kind of making fun of his back and forth heel and face turns. Uh, he turned more than any other WWE superstar in history. Uh, he continues and says he's very happy to be with the company. He plugs their upcoming YouTube show with, with Tony. Says it's a passion of his to get back into color commentating. White then says he has a scoop. This Sunday at Revolution, a huge Hall of Fame-worthy talent has been signed, and it's not who you think. Yeah. this uh, The internet is just nonstop with who it's going to be. Nobody really seems to know. And I got to say, this goes back to, I've said this numerous times, to Tony Khan and everybody in AEW. They keep their secrets super tight. Nobody ever seems to know. Nobody's talking about it at all. And every name that has been dropped has seemed to have been squashed on who it would be. So I'm up in the air on this one. Well, I had to go back, and the Hall of Fame worthies was throwing me off because if it was just a Hall of Famer, I don't think they want to say Hall of Famer because then people could probably figure it out. But on AEW's – Unrestricted podcast. Tony Khan did slip that's a he. He didn't say they yeah. or anything. He did say he. and said it's going to be a multi-year. Act like it's going to be a ring talent. And that's what I took from it. So not a announcer or commentator or anybody. Right. I know this guy's in the Hall of Fame. He's actually in two. I'm going with Kurt Angle. Okay. He's hinted at getting back into the ring. Um. He has, but... And the timing's interesting because he started up a new podcast with Conrad Thompson. All of Conrad's guys, except Kurt and Bruce Pritchard, are involved with AEW in some sort. Arn Anderson, um, JR, and Tony Schiavone. Um, But Angle kind of he he sounds displeased with the way things ended 
in WWE in his last run, but also he sounds pretty beat up too. So I don't know yeah. if I don't know if, if if we could get multi years out of him in the ring. Well, Tony didn't really say it would be an in ring contract, a multi year in ring. Now it could be a multi year Sting signed a multi year, but we're going to get at least one match out of him. Yeah. So maybe that's how they do it. Get a couple, two or three good matches out of him. Let him get that big finish that he wanted and use him backstage. I mean, who who else could it be? Well. Logically. <laughs> logically speaking. I mean, let's let's okay. throw out the, I mean, we can all wish CM Punk, but I don't think that's going to happen. I and really, so. one of the main reasons, I don't know if he'll ever wrestle again, but Cole Cabana is still in the company. They had a big legal battle. I don't know if that's going to happen, but um, yeah, let's throw out John Cena. I don't see him wrestling for another company. No. No. Uh, Brock Brock Lesnar, he would go for the money, but I think he'd go back to Vince, and he is Vince's golden boy, so Vince would throw. Vince would top Tony at whatever he could do. Oh, yeah. Um, how about Christian? No. <laughs> it has been confirmed that he has signed a legitimate contract with WWE, so... I, I don't think he could get out of it. I will trust Raj Gary, the founder yep. of Wrestling Inc. That's the one who confirmed it, but he's the only person I've seen say that. So we'll see. Yeah, and uh, Ringside News is using Raj's as their go-to. So I wouldn't mind if it was Christian. I'm not going to lie. I mean, that was my first pick, honestly. Um, but I, I just don't want to be disappointed. I, I'm afraid they've hyped this up to where they can't, they can't, not come through on this because, of course, they hyped it up to try to get more buys come Sunday. How they did it, how they presented it, so I feel like they got to come through. Yeah, it's it's going to have to be a big name. Um, I know uh, Batista was rumored at one nah, point. He said, "Nope, not me." He's done. Yep. So I I would love it to be Christian. I'm just going to say that. I mean, could it be somebody like X-Pac or like a Scott Hall or? Uh, I I don't think they want to bring over, uh, especially that group of guys right now. Mm -hmm. uh, Tony is very aware of the constant, you just sign all the ex-WWE guys, your WCW 2.0. I think bringing in a Kevin Nash, a Scott Hall, X-Pac, you're just going to receive even more of that heat. Rob Van Dam's another one I thought of because he's not wrestling anywhere right now, but he is working with the WWE on some documentaries, so I feel like that'd be a slap in the face. Yes. So um, it'll be interesting to see who it is. Zach Hinton on Facebook says should have saved Paul White for the pay per view as well. I I can agree with that. Um, have him right after the first match come out and talk and say, you know, we've got a big signing coming you know tony you've always got the scoop well i scooped you this is going to happen later tonight i understand why they did it though trying to pop a bigger rating yeah yeah but i think they got that out of shack yeah they were trying to load it up um as well as they could yeah. so we then got the aw women's world championship elimination tournament finals between nyla rose with vicky guerrero guerrero against rio Mizunami, and this was a pretty good match. A lot of back and forth. Yes. Uh, towards the end of the match, Nyla tries to go for a beast bomb, but uh, doesn't get it. Ends up taking an exploder suplex instead. Mizunami heads to the top rope, but Nyla climbs or clubs her in the head and climbs up and hit a suplex off the second rope. Then uh, Rio. Nails a suplex, then a spear. She pulls Rose to the corner, heads to the top rope, hits a leg drop for the surprising, in my opinion, one, two, three. Yeah, I uh, did not expect her to win that. I figured it was Nyla, and Nyla would go on to beat Sheeta. Even though we have seen Nyla and Sheeta a few times. Yeah, yeah. I, I was hoping. I was still surprised, though. Yeah, I mean, I was really surprised to see her move on but i really had that feeling that we were going to see nyla again i still think it should have been uh Britt baker originally or if not her thunder rosa but that is what yeah. it is then after the match we saw Sheeta hand uh mizunami the trophy then offers her a hand uh, her hand to her 
challenge. Uh, Rio hits her with a forearm shot. Then Sheeta hits one back, and they go back and forth until Rio goes down. Sheeta smiles and holds up the title. Really strange because even when they're hitting each other, they're smiling. They have a long pass together. They've tagged. They've had one-on-one matches. So there's a lot of history between these two. So it's definitely going to be a good match come Sunday. Then they tell us for the buy-in at Revolution, we're getting Thunder Rosa and Riho versus Britt Baker in Rebel if she can participate, if she's cleared, which by them adding that tells me we're going to get a replacement for her. Mm-hmm. It'll be a last-minute replacement, too. They'll, they'll say it after everybody's down in the ring. I would say it's Statlander, but I can't see her being a heel. No. Not the only way I want to see Statlander come back at Revolution is if she kidnaps Britt Baker. Yeah. <laughs> we then see Sting head to the ring and to talk with Tony Tony Schiavone about his, their upcoming pay per view street fight. Tony says he knows Sting is prepared for the street fight on the Sunday. Sting says he thought he was ready until two weeks ago. He realized he wasn't. Now he's shaking off the ring rods and is ready to go. Ricky Starks walks out and says Sting needs to pump his brakes. Ricky says, we recently saw some fire from Sting, something we haven't seen in a while. Starks believes Sting still has it, but he's no icon and smacks him in the face. That ticks Sting off. Sting lands a big clothesline on Starks, then nails a Stinger splash in the corner. He then applies a Scorpion Deathlock on, on, on Starks, but Will Powerhouse Hobbs comes in and Hook, they enter the ring to help out. Sting fights off Hook, but Brian Cage comes in from behind and swings away on Sting. He looks for another powerbomb, but Darby's music hits. Darby runs out, locks Cage in a chokehold. Uh, Cage then tries to fight him off in the corner, but takes a Stinger splash to the back, then a shotgun dropkick by Darby off the top rope and Team Taz bails up the stage. Of course. <laughs> like they always do every like week. Like they always do every week. And it's always, well, because you've got a skateboard and you've got a bat. And so. That's why we're getting a street fight. They got yeah. thumbtacks. They got bats. They're, exactly. they're hoodlums. They're hoodlums. Yep. So. We saw the recap of Sting trying to break a window. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was surprised they included that in the... In the uh, yeah. Um, not the the revolution preview on on TNT, but yeah. Then we get a face of the revolution ladder match qualifier. It's ten of the Dark Order versus Max Caster of the Acclaimed. I was wondering why Anthony Bowens wasn't with him. Well, on AEW's Unrestricted Podcast, Tony Khan uh, revealed that Anthony Bowens has a knee injury. Oh, really? Yes. Ah. Uh. So that's why we didn't see him. Yeah, well, speedy recovery. Yes, yes, because uh, Caster's does fine as a single, but they're better as a duo. So we see Scorpio Sky, who's evolved in the, in the ladder match. He's also coming off an injury. I didn't realize he was hurt until he brought that up on commentary himself. Yeah. He, he was on commentary, and I texted you. He kind of was coming off a little heelish. I, I didn't really like that. Yeah, and it wasn't the typical SCU heel either no. that we're used to. No, he was all, all about himself. Yeah, it so, was weird. Uh, this match goes back and forth. I should should mention negative one. Uh, companies uh, tend to the ring. Uh, we see Max Caster uh, go up to the top rope again. He tried earlier in the match, but he gets powerbombed down for the cover. But he gets a leg on the rope to break that up. Tin gets set into the rope. Caster has the referee's attention. Jack Evans of TH2 rolls out from under the ring and smacks 10 with Caster's boombox. Caster goes for the pin, and that will do it as he's the fifth entrant in the face of the Revolution ladder match. Justice for 10. <laughs> it surprised me, but it also makes sense in the heel-to-face ratio. It does. Uh, it makes a lot of sense. Um, I was really looking forward. This is twice now. 10's gotten screwed out of a title shot. His day will come. Yep. Post-match, we see Matt Hardy come out the stage, and he pays Evans $4,200 for what he did. Hardy is looking to take down every Dark Order member. Yeah. Then we get a, uh advertisement for a special AEW Dark. That's going to be this Saturday at 7 o'clock Eastern time, uh, 7 p.m. Eastern time on AEW's YouTube channel. So check out that. And then we see earlier in the day, Miro cuts a little promo. Says because of Chuck Taylor didn't return, he's going to have 
to have to give all the people what they want. Destruction, game over. This is the Miro I want to see. No nonsense, no games, violence. Yeah, I even texted you that last night. I said, hey, Miro's granting your wish. Oh, it's month too late. Two months too late, but that's okay. <laughs> Better late than never, I guess. Oh, hey, maybe he had some type of injury that they never wanted to talk about, and so it just took well, him some time. Well, and I know the follow-up angle from the wedding they couldn't do because of the weather, the travel. Meryl couldn't yes. get to Dynamite. So so the feud's not probably what it should be, the build to it. But then we right. get the main event. Um, I was surprised this was the main event, but I don't know what else they would have put there, I guess. Hangman Adam Page and John Silver of the Dark Order versus Matt Hardy and Mark Quinn. Nice to see Mark Quinn back on TV this week. Um, back and forth match, both both teams getting some offense in, but mostly Mark Quinn for the team of him and Matt Hardy because Matt Hardy's doing standing on the outside most of this match. Uh, he Hardy finally tags in, hits a neck, neck breaker, then looks for a twist of fate, but Hangman counters into a back suplex. Uh, Hangman hits a low bridge on Quinn. Uh, Silver tags in, hits a big spear on Hardy, throws up a bunch of kicks and different shots. Uh, Silver hits a backslide right into uh, multiple kicks to the face, a brain buster, only for a two count. Uh, Matt Hardy gets up, hits a backdrop on Silver, tags in Quinn. Uh, Quinn climbs to the top rope and hits a shotgun power, a shotgun drop kick. Silver's uh, able to tag in Adam Hangman Page, though. Uh, double team moves on Quinn. Pop up powerbomb by Page. Silver with a release ger- German suplex. And Page hits a buckshot lariat. Page looks right at Hardy. Hardy doesn't even try to attempt to go break it up. Matt just drops down to the floor and lets Quinn get pinned one, two, three. Yeah, um, I want to see what Mark Quinn's got to say about Matt not really helping him out much. Uh, I even commented last night, Matt Hardy seems to be afraid of Hangman. I don't know if this is just him trying to make Hangman feel like he's got a little bit more confidence going into this match or if... Matt truly is afraid of him. We will find out on Sunday. I can't wait. Post-match, Silver hugs Paige, but then uh, Hardy smacks Silver and Paige with a microphone. Hardy yells at Paige and tells him he's not going to make it to the big money match on Sunday. Hardy goes for Silver, but the Dark Order runs out and stomps on Hardy. Then about every participating team from the tag team Casino Royal runs out to huge brawl as the brawl breaks out and the show comes to a close. It was a nice end to the show honestly so uh before we get into our revolution predictions great for last night's dynamite and wrestler of the week paul a solid a from me um lots of action um would have enjoyed seeing Pac a little bit more but again it gets him back on tv reminds us that he's still there uh, as for wrestler of the week, ooh, this is a tough one. Um, I'm gonna go Hangman. Solid he, choice. He's definitely got a lot of confidence going into Sunday, and I think he's got a good chance at winning. I gave last week's episode an A. I'm going A plus. The uh, only thing that I gri- can gripe about was them not having Mox or Kenny on the show. Besides yeah. that, I was my favorite dynamite of twenty twenty one so far. It was definitely yeah, yeah. It was a good one. Uh, I'm hoping that next week's even better. And my wrestler of the week, I'm gonna go with Jade Cargill in her debut match. I can agree with that one. That's a good she uh, lived up to the hype. I thought Red Velvet looked strong too. Just yes. a f- really fun opening match that exceeded all my expectations. Both of those young ladies have a very bright future ahead of them. Now, time for the aw revolution predictions so what paul and i did here we predicted our winners for all nine matches but we're going to put confident points on them with nine being the match we're most confident in one being the least and we're going to compete and next week we'll introduce the kop the kicking out podcast prediction title we'll call it (laughs) so yes so we will be in the same studio next week for the first first time we've done down the kick out podcast so looking forward to that yeah. and looking forward to see who's gonna who's gonna win the predictions let's get right into it with the buy-in match the team of Riho and thunder rosa versus Britt baker and rebel if cleared 
Yeah. I, I'm going Rio and Thunder Rosa on this one. How many points? Uh, five. Five points. Strong out of the gate. Yes. Well, the good news is we are not going to pick the same winners every match because I'm going Brit and partner, I'm saying, because with them adding that, I don't think Rebel competes. Yeah, I don't either. But I'm only putting three points on it. But I think uh, I think Thunder Rosa will definitely pick this up for their team. I I had them orig- originally, and then the more I thought about it, and the, whoever's going to replace I got to think it's going to be somebody debuting in AEW. Um, I don't even want to speculate. I don't know who all the female talent available is out there. But um, Well, it could be that rumored uh, was the big multi-contract signing female that everybody keeps talking about. Could be. I, I just I don't want to see Britt take another loss, but I don't want to see Thunder Rosa take another loss either, but technically Thunder Rosa's in NWA talent. Right. And with NWA coming back soon, got to wonder might. how much – Got to wonder how much longer AEW's going to have Thunder Rosa. So. Yeah, yeah. Actually, they uh, tweeted out earlier today they were doing something live tonight on YouTube. So, welcome back, NWA. Yes. Uh, then we got, I don't know if this could be the order of the matches. This is just the order right. I put them in. Uh, Miro and Kip, Kip Sabian versus Orange Cassie and Chuck Taylor. I think I'm going to surprise you on this one. I'm going Miro and Kip. I am too. Um, about a four on this one in my confidence points. I have five on this one. Um, okay. I mean, the, you know, Orange Cassie doesn't lose too often, but you can't afford, if you're going to build, build Miro into a monster, you can't afford to let him take another loss yet. And see, I had Chuck and Orange winning uh, until the promo last night for Miro. That's what got me to flip sides. Now, if Orange, if it, if... It takes Miro to turn on Sabian for what to get there. If we have to have Orange and Chuck win, I'm fine with that. But yes, I think yeah, they're going to play it on a little longer. Yeah, yeah, I don't think we'll see that quite yet. I think uh, we'll get another few times that Kip hits Miro before Miro fully turns. The Casino Tech Team Battle Royal. This is a tough one to predict because there's a lot of teams, and hopefully I got all the teams without missing any. We have Bear Country, The Dark Orders, Alex Reynolds and John Silver, Dark Orders, Evil Uno and Stu Grayson, Santana and Ortiz from Inner Circle, The Butcher and the Blade, Private Party, Top Flight, Varsity Blondes, Chaos Project, Matt and Mike Seidel, SCU, uh, Dustin Rose and QT, and The Death Triangle of Ray Phoenix and Pack. So uh, I did not have Chaos Project down. Um, were they the to-be-announced team? Because I still had a to-be-announced team when I got Well, mine. they entered the ring last night during that brawl, so I threw them okay. in there because I saw the Wrestling Observer had them on there. Okay, okay. Um, I, this is probably my weakest one. This is going to be a one uh, just because, again, I, there, there's so many people in this match mm-hmm. that it could go either way, but I'm going with Reynolds and Silver. You read my mind. That's who I have for one point. <laughs> and, and I could share my screen. I'm not lying with you. I, <laughs> I, I, I did forget the Gun Club's also a team in there. Um, I think logical, logically speaking, the Death Triangle makes the most sense, but if they're going off emotional victory in a cool moment, Reynolds and Silver would be all awesome. Yeah. Yeah, they've come close numerous times and fallen short. I think it's time for them to come out on top. It's, it wouldn't shock me to see SCU win either. They're 5-0 this year. Yeah. yeah, SCU would be another one I'd be okay with. Uh, let's see here. What else do we <laughs> got next? Let's go right into the face of the Revolution ladder match. We have Cody Rhodes, Scorpio Sky, Penta L0M, uh, Lance Archer, Max Caster, and To Be Determined. Winner will get a TNT title opportunity next Wednesday, according to Tony Khan. Yeah. Uh, first off, I failed to come up with a sixth person. So who's your guess for the sixth person? I'm interested in hearing this. Ethan Page, formerly of Impact Wrestling. Okay. I can I can get behind that. He's been a free agent for like two months now. And yeah. I think he's waiting for this. Yeah, 
Yeah, I, I can I can get behind that. I've seen him pop up all over my Twitter feed today, so yep, I can get behind that. It, then, it, and he would be half of a addition of the North to yes. All Elite Wrestling if they could eventually get the other one when he becomes available. That's another great tag team. Yeah. So is he your pick for the win then? No. Oh. He's not, which they could do that. They do like to do that with the surprises. I'm not going Cody. I think Cody had his moment of the week last night. I'm going with Pinta L0M for two points. Okay. Okay. Um, I went Scorpio Sky for two points. I like that. I could see that. Uh, the the one guy that would surprise me, I guess, if he won was Max Caster. Yeah. I, I don't think it's his time yet. Yep. Maybe soon, but not yet. Yep. And I think Lance Archer's... I mean, the TNT title, I don't want to say he's above that, but... He needs to go after the world title. Yes. How about Hangman Adam Page versus Matt Harding, the big money match? The winner gets the opponent, their opponent's uh, first quarter earnings for 2021. Uh, I went with the crowd favorite here. I went Hangman. How many points? Four. I'm going Hangman for seven. Ooh. Going okay. big on this one. Okay. So... Um. Yeah, I can. I could get behind that. But it'll be interesting. Something's got to give. Matt Hardy's undefeated in his All Elite Wrestling pay-per-views. Got the Stadium Stampede match at Double or Nothing that beat Sammy Guevara at All Out and then beat him again at Full Gear. Um, but Hangman's undefeated for 2021. Yeah. But I think yeah. this is Hangman's year. So. Yeah. Match I'm really looking forward to, but I'm also very nervous because I don't think it's going to be cinematic. That's Brian Cage and Ricky Starks of Team Taz versus Darby Allen and Sting in the street fight. I went Darby and Sting for six points here. Oh, big time confident. Uh, only because it's Sting. You know, I went back and forth on this one because I thought, are they going to pull a WWE and not give Sting a win? Because they, Starks and Cage could use a win like this to take them to the next level. They could. But I don't see them doing that. I think Sting would take the loss if asked, but Darby's yeah. your TNT champion. He's your face. I think they want to prove that Sting can still go and go strong, so they give these two guys the win. But I'm only putting four confident points on it. Okay. Okay. Now, um, I also, a little bit more on this, Darby has beat both Ricky Starks and Brian Cage, so to have him turn around and lose would be interesting. It would be. Um, I mean, I'm fo I'm all fine with Sting and, and Darby winning. That's why I want to win this match, but I want Cage and Starks to look strong. They need to yeah. build them in this match, I, too. I think they will look strong in this match, and I think it'll be the fact that uh, Darby and Sting are more used to street fights versus Cage and Starks. Yeah. I'm sure we'll see Powerhouse Hobbs and uh, Hook try to get involved as well. Absolutely. Uh, the tag team championship match between the Young Bucks defending against the Inner Circles, Chris Jericho and Maxwell Jacob Friedman, MJF. I went to Bucks for seven. Bucks for seven. <laughs> I went to Bucks for six. Okay. So pretty much on the same page. I think we will see Papa Buck interfere. Yeah, I think uh, if not Papa Buck, there's another guy that might interfere. Do we, we get a Do about. we get a Sammy Guevara appearance, or do they hold him off till the pay per view's over? See, uh, I think maybe he'll appear somewhere and just distract Jericho enough because I never want to hear that name again. So him showing up will help the Bucks win, I think, how it's going to go. Still so many wrinkles and layers in the inner circle story and all of them trying to be on the same page, and I think this is just going to add to that. Yep. Uh, the women's championship match, AW Women's Championship, Hakura Shida against the Eliminator Tournament winner, which uh, is uh, Rio. Uh, what's her last name again? Mizami. Mish yeah, Mishinami. Yep, I didn't yep. have that typed down for some reason, but I'm taking <laughs> Sheeta for eight points. I'm on the exact same page as you on this one. And which is funny, until <laughs> last night I had Sheeta losing to whoever she was going to face. Uh, once Thunder Rosa got eliminated, I knew Sheeta was going to win no matter who it was. Um, 
having Nyla win it again didn't make any sense. And with the COVID travel restrictions, I think it's too hard to have Raya win this one. I think so, too. But we will see. I don't know. Yeah. And then lastly, put your kids to bed for this one. Uh, this yes. is not going to be for the faint of heart. No. The AEW World Championship, Kenny Omega defends it against John Moxley in an exploding barbed wire death match. This is going to be gruesome. This is going to be physical. This is going to be brutal. But I think we're on the same page here with our Kenny winner Omega. and our points. Kenny Omega, and I'm going nine on this one. I'm exact same way. I got the Mox shirt. I just think it makes sense for him to take some time off. Kenny's going to hold this belt for a long time. Yep. makes too much sense for him not to. And here's something I've noticed so far in the short span that uh, AEW has been around. Each champion has held the belt longer than the previous champion. Yep. So it only makes sense to have Kenny continue to hold the belt. And John's getting ready to be a dad. Bingo. So it's just going to be a fun and entertaining match, though. I can't wait to see how they're yep. going to pull it off, how it looks. Um, hopefully nobody gets too seriously hurt. Uh, um, yeah, I think we're going to see the good brothers involved in this match at least once. Probably right. Probably a good call. So, yeah, I can't wait. Can't wait for Sunday. I wish it was on Saturday, but yeah, is what yeah. it is. Just a reminder, AW Revolution. Uh, the buy-in starts at 7.30. 7.30. 7.30 Eastern time on Sunday, and then the show itself starts at 8. Don't miss it. Make sure you're ready to order it. And um, if not, we'll have the recap for you here next week and the recap for the follow-up Dynamite, which should be a good one. Um, like us on Facebook. Subscribe to our YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. You can find us in Instagram. You can find us at kicking out pod on all those social platforms please tell your friends about us please subscribe if you're listening to this on audio channel and if you're listening on apple Podcasts, please give us a rating review that really helps us out thank you for everybody who's tuned in tonight live on facebook youtube and twitch thank you for to zach hinton for all the great comments tonight we really appreciate it and any closing thoughts paul before you take us home uh Revolution is going to be a pay-per-view that we're not going to forget any time in the near future, if nothing else, for the main event. Yep, I can't wait. It's going to be a great card. going to be a great night of all league wrestling. Really looking forward to it. And with that, I'm Paul Zartman. He's Tanner Lee. Join us again next week as we kick out yet another podcast. <laughs>